By the end of this podcast, you'll discover the truth about Man City's defeat against Arsenal and what is the impact of United's last-minute winner against Brentford. Welcome to The Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than bias. In today's instalment, we are going to be discussing Arsenal 1, Man City 0. The game itself and also the implications on the title race will also be touching on Manchester United 2, Brentford 1, the last ditch. McSauce winner coming in clutch at the end. Uh, does the victory paper over the cracks? Should United fans be happy with the results? Do they need to be concerned about the performance overall? To answer those questions and more, including viewer questions from our Patreon supporters, as always, Manchester City fan Nobbins, that's me, is joined by Manchester United fan Gasky, who is my co-host as always. Hello, Gasky, mate. Hello, hello. Who's just come back from his Scottish holiday. Uh, that's in fact a Patreon viewer question, so we'll be getting into how that holiday went, Gasky. But because you missed last week, you, you incredibly selfish act to go on holiday and leave mm. me on my own. As punishment, you now have to do a Scottish accent. Say something for me, for the listeners. Um, the other thing I can think of Scottish at the moment is I am brew. There we go. That, that, was, that is <laughs> fantastic. I am brew. It's made of gutters. Uh, don't know what that accent was. I'm terrible at accents. Don't know why. Do I, you know what? Where was that from? No, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Uh, just non-descript let's English. Non-English. That's right. Gasky, let's let's crack on, shall we? And let's begin with. Uh, there's only one place to really begin, and that is Arsenal one, Manchester City. Nil. Um, Full disclosure, I wasn't able to watch this game live because I was at uh, my sister's wedding. So I had to um, watch it. I've I've watched it today, watched the full 90 minutes. But my main source of uh, opinions on the game came from Twitter in the uh, in in the aftermath of of it. Gasky, what's going to happen now is you are going to tell me what you thought about the game in terms of who who you thought was better, uh, how you thought the game was played, uh, what how, how you saw the game. And then I'm probably going to get angry and disagree with you and call you and call you names. Because uh, I, I, I messaged Gasky beforehand just to say, what did you think about it? And he told me what he thought about it. And then I watched the game and I disagreed. So... <laughs> I'm setting you up to to be bashed. No, no, no. So yeah, so so yeah. your your general thought before I get into my thoughts on it, Gassi, I want I want your thoughts. Yeah. It's basically a neutral in this. I know you're an United fan, but basically yeah. a neutral. No, yeah. Um. So I th- I thought it was it was quite a, it was quite a sloppy game in terms of you know the quality in the two teams, considering that they were the top two teams last season um, obviously City would miss Rodri we know this he's arguably the best midfielder in the world if he's not in the team his team's not going to be as good simple as that um, I felt City were quite sloppy lucky to have 11 men at the pitch at the end of the game um, Arsenal were could have been better they could have been better Like, I think, I think they were better, probably better when they played Spurs for example but I feel potentially a draw would have been fair but I'd probably edge it more Arsenal's way. More, I'd say more because a team like City shouldn't be that less, well, I don't know the word is, but that less good without one of their players in their team, you mm. know? But I felt Arsenal was still 
pretty decent. They're still not the end product. You know, he's still like this game was nowhere near the levels of Liverpool versus City. No way near at all. But I just felt like they may potentially edged it a little bit, which is, I think, the part you had disagreed with. Uh, but it's not to say that, you know, City were rubbish. City were just under par. Mm. I felt Arsenal were probably par, and I think that's probably where they edged it. It weren't like Arsenal, you know, really deserved to win. City were rubbish. It wasn't. I felt it was just a bit like City should be able to play better than they did without Rodri, you know? Mm. But then Arsenal was still just average. That was my opinion on it. I felt like, you know, you couldn't really argue with Arsenal winning it. And I think potentially if City won it, you probably, you, some people will probably argue it, but I don't think you could argue it really there. It's very close. Mm. Okay, maybe I won't disagree with you too much then, to be fair. Um, <laughs> uh, the main thing I disagree with, not necessarily with, with what you've just said there, it's the sort of online sentiment that I've been seeing. So you you may not have seen it, Gas, because it's mainly your Man City Twitter or or whatever. Yeah. The way that people were talking about it, that I went, as I say, I went on Twitter after the match ended, just just you know, when I was like in the toilet at the wedding or whatever, just to see like you know what what people thought about it. And people were people were the, the impression I got was that Holland was shit, Foden was shit, um, Saliba is better than. Um, Carlos Puyol, um, City are, were terrible, and that Arsenal deserve to win, and Arsenal were brilliant, um, and that Pep Guardiola got his tactics horribly wrong, and that uh, it was a terrible, terrible game. Now, the only bit I agree with really from all of that was the terrible game bit from an entertainment perspective, because this was clearly a tactical battle between Arteta and Guardiola. Now. If I'm a neutral, you probably won't enjoy that. That's absolutely fine. I personally like watching those sort of battles because I like to try to figure out what's going on and like, you know, which yeah. which manager trying to get the upper hand, etc. So this is my interpretation of all that. I I want so I'm going to sort of like take it bit by bit, I guess. The main issue I had is the Holland criticism. Bullshit, he didn't have a good game. I thought he was really, really good. The 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 stat going round, Holland accumulated zero XG against Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, obviously he didn't get any service. What do you want him to do? People are weirdly assigning that stat to Holland. Surely you should be assigning that stat to the creators who weren't able to create any chances for Holland. It's like you look at you look at. I don't know even know if this stat exists or just making it up, but like an expected assist stat. So like that if, does exist to be fair. If, if a player gets into a position where he should be able to assist a striker or create a chance, look at them stats because if them stats are even lower, then how can you put it on him to score? Exactly. Yeah. If now, yeah, now if Holland's positioning was poor or he wasn't getting to the right areas, fine. But we all know Holland is unbelievable at positioning. So no, this game was. I said. I said it before the match actually on a number of shows. This game was going to be all about. From a Holland perspective, how, what's your link-up play like, mate? What's your hold-up play like? Because you're not going to get that many chances. Arsenal are probably going to try to stifle the game, or City are going to try to stifle the game, and the chances are going to be at a premium. If we go long to bypass Arsenal's press, your hold-up play and your link-up has to be as good as it was last season against Arsenal in both games, home and away, where he was fantastic. And again, first, now, now second half, you know, it's a, a different different story from the, the game overall, but first half especially... There were at least two instances where Holland got the better of Saliba when it came to hold-up play. 
and Saliba couldn't get the ball off him. And what did Haaland do? He, he controlled it. He passed it to someone who then passed it to someone else. A chance is created. The best chances came when Haaland flicked it on or when he held it up on his chest, brought it to the floor, passed it out, passed it to a player who then found a, a wide player. There was one proper big chance in this game, Gasky, from my from my perspective, or at least one big chance move, from if you will. Perspective. Well, from any perspective, there, oh, there, right, okay. there was no Arsenal big chance in the game. And, that, and that's not an opinion. That's an objective thing, because a big chance yeah. is a quantifiable stat. There was no big chance for Arsenal. There were two for City. Both came in the same move. The Gavardio one, like the fourth minute, and then the uh, Ake one a few seconds after. The Gavardio one is a tricky one. Don't expect him to score that. But the Ake one, I do expect anyone to score that. I don't care if you're a defender. Who beats Gabriel in the air, Gasky, to flick that ball intelligently yeah. onto Ake? Who is it? Is that Haaland? He created the yeah. only big chance of the game but via his hold-up play and via, via winning an aerial duel against Gabriel. So I'm not having the Haaland was shit. I'm not having that Saliba pocketed him and Gabriel pocketed him. There is that one clip going around, you know, where Saliba bodies Haaland. Fair enough. That was some, you know, it's like Haaland tries to run through. Saliba just goes, nope. And bodies him, pushes him to the floor. That was, that, was, that was like a weird one because he didn't even like Saliba put a lot of strength in. So I don't know if maybe he was off balance. Because maybe. You expect a bit more there, but I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, like, again, that's like, it's one clip from the second half from him running. It's not like he's got the ball. He's just literally running and he's just a bit of a coming together. That's all it is. Yeah. So, so because he, it's all this hole and people are just, you know, dead ex- through it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and as I say, fantastic with our Saliba, you know, great. But again, this wasn't a Saliba pocketing Holland show. Holland got the better of Saliba a couple of times. Sursen got the better of Gabriel a couple of times, it resulting in. The, the big chance being created. So the, the Holland one really annoyed me. The, the Foden criticism is also really annoying me. And, and this is sort of like a general tactical thing because you said it yourself and you're absolutely right. It, City were sloppy and, the, and City weren't very creative. But that was sort of by design, not the sloppiness bit, but the lack of creativity sort of by design because think about the context. This is a game away from home Without your best, without your two best midfielders, arguably your two best players, no Rodri, no De Bruyne, away from home against your title rivals, on paper, maybe the trickiest game of the season. I know they have players out too, but you get my point. Of course, Pep is going to try to control the game and stifle it and not be overly aggressive and not be overly uh, open and therefore creative. By packing the midfield full of players... It therefore meant that Arsenal had to match us up, which therefore meant it meant it was like you know a, a cancelling out sort of thing. Both defences and both midfields just cancelling each other out. Now, obviously, that's going to impact your creative players the most, Foden being one of them. So people are saying, oh, why didn't Foden create more? Da, 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 da. When he got on the ball, he was more than competent. He was really tidy with his passing, uh, really tidy and really good when it came to evading the press and that sort of thing. People are people aren't viewing them really. This is what I'm from, if you can't tell, I'm ranting, Gasky. <laughs> People aren't viewing the performance through the context of the tactics. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if you, you, you wouldn't expect a creative player to be really creative when the whole tactics aren't set up to be creative, would you? No, and you wouldn't expect them to be as creative as they usually are against the second best team in the country either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was, that was an annoying thing as well. Um, What else? Uh, we'll touch on Kovacic in a bit, who I did think was uh, poor. T- 
to be fair. But yes, yes. So in general, again, the tactics, I was more than happy with the tactics. I understand some City fans want us to go all gung-ho and maybe in the first half, Arsenal were there for the taking because Arsenal were poor first half. Uh, 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 Raya kept making mistakes. Um, uh, even Declan Rice kept giving, giving away sloppy balls. In like the 25th minute, Erdegaard fe- and, and the, the crowd was really quiet. Erdegaard felt the need to, you know, uh, try, try to get the crowd going. After 25 minutes, you think it's going to be a long day for Arsenal. Yeah? E- exactly, yeah. And, and the first half, it, it was there was a lot of that, um, to be honest. So I'm really not having that City were poor and that... But it's like, yeah, it's like... It, that game singles out how much they did miss Rodri because he would have silenced... When, when I think it was second half and Arsenal were getting a sniff and they were just throwing players forward at speed, Rodri would have just killed that. Mm. Yeah, and and that's what they missed. Totally, totally agree. And and that that plays into why we play like that. Again, people going, why can't we do that? It, it's the context we've spoken about. And you don't have Rodri in the post match interviews. He yeah. was basically asked, Pep, why did you play like that? And he said, well, we, he basically said, we don't have Rodri, so therefore but we need to pack like, the midfield. A lot of people say it. You you need a player in that position who can do a two man job on his own. If you haven't got them, you need two players to do one man job. And that's that's what you have to do. So what United have had to do in the last ten years, you have to have two people there to do one man's job. Mm. And it does it does it it lacks creativity with doing it. Yeah, ex- exactly. So it means you know we've got to, you know, uh, play really narrow. We've got to play, you know, Bernardo, Kovacic and Foden and Alvarez re- re- really tight and narrow so there isn't that much width so that you can uh, uh, ha- have more players in the midfield compared to uh, Arsenal. Now, now, all that being said, was it a perfect game? No, obviously not. Um, just, just an FYI, Gasky, you're, I, I love hearing your breath, but you're, you're breathing I'm very heavily into the mic. I'm, I'm sure, I, I'm sure this is some fantastic ASMR for our listeners, but I'm not sure it's quite what they're after <laughs> from this podcast. To be honest. Definitely not. Could you release a spin-off podcast of you breathing? Do you reckon? I potentially could. Hey guys, if, you know, if people want it, ask for it. <laughs> if you want that, guys, give us your feedback on that now. Do you want some gasky ASMR? Uh, yes. Yeah, so obviously very narrow. Now, width wasn't much width. It could have. This is where I will say it could have been exploited more. There was so much space, especially on the left, in behind Gabriel Jesus. Gavardiol is a centre back, therefore not naturally inclined to want to exploit that space. Walker is a right back, maybe not as attacking as normal uh, as he has been in the past. Not naturally wanted to exploit that space, but in behind the right hand side as well. So our so the potential creativity was all in the wide players, but you've got two defenders there. The two times the Gavardiol exploited that space resulted in two really good crosses and two really good chances. It didn't quite land, it didn't quite connect with Holland. wasn't quite the right ball from Gavardiol, but it was the right idea. And it demonstrated that that could have been the right thing if there was, if Gavardiol kept doing it more, or if you had someone like Grealish in that position instead, I think that space would have been exploited more. So again, I'm more than happy with the tactics, um, to be fair. Um... Uh, there's not too much to talk about with the Kovacic situation, Gasky. I think we can just both agree that it... Where, where... He, should, he should have been sent off. Exactly. If, if the first yellow card, the second one's yellow card, it's, it's ridiculous that he wasn't the same result. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but... the, the first was an orange card, let's be honest. First, yeah, that was very... It was very similar to the Saka one on... Was it last season on Bruno? It was like, it's exactly the same tackle. It's like, look, it says it's it's a bad yellow. Yeah. But then the second one's like, he's just done it again. Yeah, I have no you know? idea. Even, even if like... It doesn't matter who you're playing for. It's the safety of the player as well. It's like, he's done it twice. That guy is dangerous to be on the pitch. Yeah. Doing that. So. 
yeah, it's I, I I don't know what he was doing. It's it, it, that that this game and the Wolves game have demonstrated to me Kovacic can't do that. He can't he can't replace Roger. He's not a six. He can't yeah. do that position. He's he can't do that reckless. role. And he, he doesn't yeah. know when to tackle. He doesn't know when to pass it forward. Again, it's not his position. It, yes, yeah. it's, it's simple. Put it this way, right? If if Calvin Phillips would perform when he had the chances to, the position probably would be fine. But Again, he's been he's been under par. So it's like, well, the fact that he hasn't simply just swapped Rod Rogers' band, Phillips goes in, is the issue with the performances. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, look, credit to Arsenal. They got the win. I don't think they, quote, deserved the win. I don't think City deserved a win, by the way, even though, even though City controlled more of the game yeah. and they created the bigger chance. I think a nil-nil draw would have been absolutely fair. Yeah. Um but, it's, but of course it's a it's a what is it like a not point god knows what XG goal opportunity because it takes a deflection. Exactly. <laughs> and Edison is helpless so. and again unfortunately it's two games in a Premier League games in a row now where we've lost because of deflections. Like in the Wolves game both goals were due to deflections. Another another goal due to a deflection Edison would easily save that shot it's, it's you can tell by the angle of it it's not going anywhere near the top corner it's going straight to edison he would have easily saved it but so he didn't die he just he literally stood and moved to the ball to go and catch it and exactly because it's such a simple yeah. save for him yeah but yeah and and that and we'll maybe we'll get on to like how goals can warp people's perspective of games in a moment because as I said, i'm seeing so much negativity well that's, well that's well exactly that's the prime example though if let's say that shot didn't take a deflection what would the reaction be I, I genuinely you know. think the reaction from these people who are saying it's horrible da, 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 would be like solid point, really good defensive yeah, display. Got a point against it. It's because of who they're playing against. It's because of who's against. They're, they're, they're so negative because I think it's based on last week's result and also who they're playing against. Mm. It's like, no, if that was nil-nil, you'd be like, oh, we haven't won in two games, but we'll come back. We've got a point against our title rivals. And it's like, yeah, but you lost one nil from a deflection. Yeah. And I mean, did you not watch City last season? It says they were, they were, you know, they lost games before Christmas and then they just battered everyone. So yeah. it's... Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I don't understand it. Uh, obviously, Arsenal were really good as well. Um, I've talked about, you know, City overloading the midfield. That's exactly what Arsenal did. As I said, I think this, they were still exploitable in the mid, in the in the wide areas. We just, we just didn't quite do that uh, enough. Um, and yeah, I thought that, you know, 50-50, in my opinion, City uh, were the better team. Uh, certainly for the first 80 minutes, easily. Um, I, I can't think of any genuine chance Arsenal had. Martin had a shot on target, but it was with a weak foot tame straight to Edison who caught it. But they didn't yeah, have I, yeah, they didn't have a big Edison chance. Did do a lot. He didn't do anything. He, there no, was he no. Do, he didn't have to do anything. And no point when I was watching that. I thought, oh, you know, th- this this could result in a, in a goal. This could be a chance. There was never anything clear cut anywhere, and that's evidenced by the fact See, that the goal I came from think- a deflection. I think this season for Arsenal will be the same as last season. They need a number nine, a proper mm. number nine. That's what they seem to lack. He's just like, like even United have got Hoyland now, you know, a player who can hold the ball up and just bully centre-backs. It's like, Jesus is a great player, but he ain't that. Mm. He's not going to bully centre-backs for 90 minutes, is he? So yeah. I think that's kind of what I think they'll lack again, but... Yeah, yeah, we never, we never know. Yeah, ju- just a, a few more like negatives from me. Uh, didn't like Diaz in the right centre half spot. He kept trying diagonal balls. He can't. That's not his game. He's not. Kanji's good at doing that. Diaz isn't really that guy. I don't want to see Ake and Gavardio on the pitch at the same time. To be honest, I wanted to be one or the other. So Diaz can play central centre half. We've talked about the low chance creation, but again, I think that's by virtue of the tactics which I've spoken about. I thought they were correct. Uh, Foden kept making good runs, uh, but wasn't found enough. 
Um, and we've touched on Kovacic as well. Uh, again, Saliba was fantastic. I personally thought Gavardio was the best defender on the pitch, though he is a rock and going forwards uh, just on the ball as well is staggering. Rico Lewis as well, just a very quick shout out, uh, 18 years old and is being thrown into the starting 11 of what is one of the trickiest games of the season against a midfield, which has got, you know, Declan Rice in it is a massive a testament to like the confidence placed in Rico Lewis. I think he's going to be a really good yeah. player for City. Absolutely. Um, and and yes, yeah, so in some, I disagree with most of what the online City discourse I've seen, people being doom and gloom about it. And here's the thing, Gasky, Rodri, of basically all of these issues that we're talking about will, will be solved with Rodri coming back. Rodri's now served his suspension. So this is a, oh, yeah. the, the definition of time. The definition of a short-term <laughs> yeah. issue, though, isn't it? Unless he picks up a massive injury, sure. Well, it, but well, he's it back. Is, yeah, it's a, it's a short-term issue. And like, obviously, the the issues that having Nyman De Bruyne there are always going to be there because he's one of the best in the world at what he does. So, But I think De Bruyne's had so many injuries in the past. I think City also adapted to, if he's not there, we've got this. Mm. But yeah, like you can't replace Rodri, like because that, in my opinion, that position. Because obviously, I'll touch on that position more in the United when we do United. But that's the highest position on the pitch. Mm. You've got to, you've got to, you're the glue that keeps the team together in that position. It's very difficult to do. Yeah, and that position is the difference between winning and losing. So, absolutely, absolutely. So Ro- Rodri will be back and will be fine to be. Apart from De Bruyne, after the international break, John Stone's got some minutes as well. That was great to see. Apart from De Bruyne, everyone will now be back and available. No suspensions, no injuries, as I understand it. So, and even there's even talk about De Bruyne potentially being back earlier than expected. He was expected sort of mid-January. Apparently, according to Pep, he might be available even earlier. So that's a thing. Um, I'm now let's just very briefly touch on like the impact, if any, this has on the title race. We're only eight games in. That's the thing as well. People are acting like it's the end of the world. We are eight games in. City, even though City have lost twice in a row, we're still only two points off top spot without Rodri, without De Bruyne. Those players are going to come back. And we all know that City hit their gear, their gear later in the season. What I, 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 want, I want to come to you for this, Gasky. My thoughts from that game, that Arsenal performance are, I'm no more convinced that they are a genuine threat to City's title than I was before the defeat it's I have no from my perspective there's no difference between now and past last season for Arsenal it's not like they're any better they're probably better last season this time last season to be honest you know and I don't have that feeling of like oh they're here to stay type attitude you know they're really in for it not really I said it's it's I, I was saying I was saying to someone I think it was someone at work uh, I can see this being a low potentially a low points total of champion just because if if all people need is a good run, all these teams, and it could bring that it could bring that point slightly down, and potentially it could be. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I I think that lots of people are. I guess maybe I guess if you're an Arsenal fan, you can be hopeful, absolutely. But I feel like some Arsenal fans are trying to frame this as, and in a way, it's sort of like I've spoken before about how Arsenal almost needed to win for their own mental. Uh, their own mental, their own mentality. So well, yeah, because it, it's like that. It's like that discussion. Like last season, you were the team to beat, and you didn't even show up against City twice. You've lost against City, God knows how many times in the last few years, and you finally you need to beat them to be like, we'll never beat them. Get rid of that yeah. attitude in the red. 
Now, I personally don't think that in a game where City don't have Roger and De Bruyne, and in my opinion, you've not been the better side for the most of the game, and you win via a fortunate deflected goal. In my opinion, this was not the performance which should really tell Arsenal fans that, oh, we can go toe to Man City, da 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 because, because to be frank, I wasn't really that impressed with... Uh, I wasn't impressed with City either. Don't get me wrong. This wasn't fantastic City. I thought Arsenal were just about nearly as good as City. But I, I wasn't... It, you know, it was a win, but it wasn't like a statement win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, yeah, like last season they went on. When when was it? When, it was like the round now, wasn't it? When last season when United beat them and they were battering everyone and they were like, Arsenal really good. This season they haven't done that. And it's like, there's no feeling there that you've ste- that they took a step up. Like you played against Tottenham, you played against Tottenham at home, and you threw away leads with mistakes. Mm. You've not, you've not, ste- you've not gone toe toe with a big team and gone. Well, back. obviously they beat United and stuff, but again, United could have easily won that game. Again, you know what I mean? It's, it's like nothing's, nothing stood out to be like we're here to stay. Whereas City will go and beat someone four 0 you know, and be like make a statement. They have, they don't make them statement results. Yeah, which is what I think's needed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for me, this wasn't a statement performance. It was a, a fortunate win, um, even given the context of what we've spoken about in respect to the absentees from both sides, to be fair. Um, but uh, yeah, first half especially, City was so much better. Second half also did come more into it, but it's not going to change my mind that overall, I thought City were better. And as I said, I've touched on the individual performances and this weird scapegoating of uh, Hall and Foden in particular, which I'm going to push against. when if If it's legitimate and justified i will hold my hands up but if they play well you've, you've got to hold you've got to say well they played well you can't just say it for the sake of yeah saying it Look, analyze gasky touched on this before you know, what were people saying if it was nil nil rather than one nil analyze the performance and the match not the result exactly exactly that was man city let's talk about man united now shall we gasky your team mm-hmm. Now this could have been a very, very angry podcast. Well, this, well, this, this adds on to what you literally just said. Analyze the performance, not the result. Mm. So, so well, well, again, well, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't too bothered about this. So, 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 talk to me about performance versus result. So, what do you mean by that in the context of this, this United game? This, this game was pretty much how every game this season has gone, but they've got the result. First twenty minutes, brilliant. Right, they could easily be three 0 up as they were against Brighton, as they were against Crystal Palace. They go behind for sloppiness. Again, right? And this has been an issue at United for years. In the cross the back four, in their own third, it's just sloppy. You haven't got the quality players in that position. But these are the players that Tenaga tried to sign as well, like defensive players. Obviously, they only got Martinez in that back four who's kind of got a brain, you know, to kind of do play modern football. And these errors are appearing from it. They go behind. Then... He'll make tweaks. Then the second half, they'll just batter and dominate and just get, you know, create chances, but have nothing that's clear cut. But finally, they actually score goals from it, mm. you know, which is what they didn't do against Brian and which is what they didn't do against, um, against Brentford, uh, Brent's Bristol Palace, sorry. But I wasn't too bothered because it's, I can see it's coming together. I, you know, they've got these players actually pressing, these players pushing themselves to go and win the tackles. You know, even across midfield, I'm not, I can't remember the last time I saw United midfield that had this much effort in it. You know, there, I feel like it's hard to give people less than like a six rating, which usually I'm like, oh, everyone's a three. It's rubbish. But they're all playing well. It's just, it needs the goals to come with it. There's no point, because the longer they play without putting a game to bed, 
is when Rashford starts sulking and walking around the pitch. Mm. Other players will start walking around the pitch. They start arguing amongst each other. Bruno will start his little moans he has every game, right? Just They need to start putting the ball in the net. You've got a new striker, supply him, who's clearly very, very good at putting the ball in the net. Give him supply. And then these, then you won't have these attitudes on the pitch, you know? And then we don't have to worry about the back four because I don't, if they're going to win 7-6 every game, I don't care. They're winning, aren't they? Sure. But because that, in the state of the defences at the moment with all the injuries, but as soon as that back four got fingered, I thought, here we go again, because that was all that was fit. It's ridiculous. And they had no one on the bench, so that back four had to play 90 minutes. Mm. And this is just the mess that they're in at the moment with injuries. Yeah. And, but I, I would say they probably, obviously, like you look at the minutes of the goals, you play every minute, you know, it's just because they scored two in two minutes doesn't mean at the, at the end they didn't deserve to win. I felt they did deserve to win. Because I think, Brett, apart from the, I think it was... I can't remember who took the shot that Onana saved in the second half. Apart from that, I can't remember another chance they had apart from the goal. Mm. Really. Um, it was Mopé that had that shot. Um, so apart from that, I think they deserve to win and I don't think they played too badly. And like you said in the last podcast though, and I said it as well, taking Casemiro off makes the team play better. And that's a fact because... Yeah. Because Casemiro... Right. That's what I'll say about it, right? Because I agree with you. Casemiro, turned from a footballing perspective, does not help the team. But... In terms of that robustness that's needed, he, he that's why he's there. He didn't do it at Real Madrid. He wasn't a ball playing. He wasn't. He's not like Rodri. He's not a ball playing defensive midfielder. He gives it to give it to Cruz and Modric. They mm. did all the all the glitz and glamour. He doesn't really have that. But as soon as Amrabat goes in that position, he's going to full back to win the ball back. He's going to back into the middle. He's moving around, and the players can't track him. That is exactly what United need. Mm. And. I think with full fitness, I can see both of them playing and I can maybe see Casemiro, you know, sitting on the bench. Yeah. just but, that's the, what, but that is what's needed. So just on Casemiro, and, and I'll, I'll let you continue. Yeah, the, the, the exact quote from Ten Hag on that was, I wanted more football, which is a pretty damning indictment on, on Casemiro's ability. I, I, I'll, let, I'll let you continue uh, in a moment. And I just wonder, something to maybe explore, I wonder whether is... Is this a Fabinho situation where the physicality has sort of hit him and like sort of like the aging has hit him all at once? Like and the tiredness, you know what I mean? Like because yeah. he was good last season. Like he still had the same similar issues, but defensively, he was actually quite good. I mean, he was very good last season. But he, he seems to be moving around the pitch re- much slower. He's making sloppy errors. His brain doesn't seem to be there. Um it's it's just a, a, an issue. Well- this is what, yeah. This is this is what's crazy, right? the The game against Palace in the cup, he was playing that position perfectly, like Rodri does. You know, the team were giving the team were pushing them Palace back to give him space. He was pinging balls left and right. But as soon as teams start pressing, it's like he hasn't got any option. Right, I will defend him a little bit. Like when you haven't got a back four that you can play the ball with and build play with, it's going to be very difficult. He's just going to get pressed which as soon as he gets pressed, he loses it. But in that second half, having a player with with Amrabat there, with the legs, and kind of moving it back, the, Brentford couldn't go and press. It's like, he's just going to keep moving. If he just press, he's going he's to create a hole. And that pushed them back. And that's where it does work. So maybe having Casemiro and Amrabat together will work. Amrabat could maybe like, I think I think you said this season, Rodri's getting more up the pitch. We have Kovacic there. Mm. Maybe Amrabat will unlock that more. Because clearly, Casemiro scores a lot as well at United. Yeah. So maybe that's what's needed with the fully fit squad. But I think with the current injuries in defence, Casemiro being there isn't working because he can't create that link up with the defence. Yeah. It just isn't working. 
Uh, just to, unless there's something else specific you want to talk about United Gasky, maybe we can like potentially end it on this question because I mean, th- th- this main question was being asked, I think, whilst you, you were away, so I couldn't ask you. There is a lot of debate about Marcus Rashford in the United community, I feel like. Some people are just done with him and want him to be dropped entirely. In fact, I've, I've seen loads of people want him sold, never mind just dropped. They just want him gone. Now, that seems a little bit mental it, to me. It is. Now, I, I've but, got my critiques yeah. with Rashford, but to give up on him is a no, bit mad. Put it this right? way, right? Can you can you name another football player? This is just another question. I haven't got an answer to this, but sure. who has who is so on and off as Rashford? Because I can't think of anyone. Who's that hot and you cold? Know, you mean the fact that the fact that last season he got thirty plus goals, his best season ever, and this season he's just you don't know what's going to come out of it. Yeah, it's a it's it, a tricky one. It's a shock, but again, it's this it's this what people say about the psychological thing of you've got nothing if you you know you won't say anything positive about them, but you'll happily throw negativity at them. Me personally, I think that Ten Hag should bench him for the sake of him. Sure. Because I think he, he was in the Galatasaray game when he didn't square it and he, well, no, when he didn't shoot and he squared it instead. Yeah. The you, crowd was so against him. It's like, look, get him off the pitch. You know, <laughs> I guarantee that. He that, shoots that without the without the. That's what I'm it? saying, because loads that. of people, yeah. myself included, have been saying that Rashford does need to pass it more in those moments. I reckon he's letting it get to him mentally. Yep. I think I think so too. I think last season he was he was shooting everything and it was all going and it was going his way. But I just think like I think it does get to him the criticism. Mm. But I think I think some time on the bench or just coming off the bench and just getting out of the limelight for a bit yeah. will help him. Yeah, de- definitely. Just selling him is ridiculous. Like the, it's get, it's finding that consistency and the change of managers over the last five years isn't helping and the change injuries aren't helping anyone. But just to completely throw players under the bus is ridiculous. Yeah, especially without, like, because I've spoken to people who have said that Rashford can't play with a proper striker. He needs a facilitator in the middle. But we saw when it was the 1920 season, he played with Martial pretty well and they got loads of assists and goals together. He can, he, so he can, he can do, do it. it. He just needs he to relearn how to do it, I think. It, the, pro- the problem is, he's never. the problem is, right, if you think about it, he had, he's had Martial up front who isn't a target man. There's now a target man, right? I don't really think he's played with one. Mm. Really, or for a long enough time, and you just need to build build a relationship up with them. Yeah, exactly, know, and just know exactly what he's going to do. Like, for example, the uh, Hoyland's first goal against Galatasaray, right? It was a shit. It was a shit cross from Rashford, but Hoyland was there. Mm. Hoyland knew where he was going to put it. That's all you've got to do is put it across that six yard box. Hoyland's going to throw his body at it. Exactly. So it's just building that relationship. But there's but to sell to argue about selling it. No, I know it's. So I think if if you if you are going to go down that line, you have to at least give him this season to see if he can work with Hoyland. If yeah. it's if it's if it gets to the point of right, it's Hoyland or Rashford, then you're going to fine. Choose, you can have that conversation. Sh- but exactly, yeah, you can have that argument. But like Rashford, like Rashford's had plenty of opportunities, and every now and again he shows up. But it's just his consistency that's the issue. Yeah. Definitely. But overall, Gasky, you you were happy with the performance. I, obviously yeah, happy, happy with the, with the win. performance. I think the last thing I'll say is about obviously McTominay considering he scored two, is people who are saying him for him to start. No, we saw what happened last time. He's not good enough to start for Man United. Yeah. He's literally Darren Fletcher reincarnated. Mm. He's good. He's a great squad player. He's not good enough to start. Yeah. And do you need those players in your squad to be fair? Exactly, yeah. And and he's he's a he's a perfect player to bring on and put basically put up front when you yeah. need a goal. Clearly. So Yeah. Now for sure, for sure. Uh, let's now go on to viewer questions, shall we, Gasky, from our Patreon supporters. If you would like to support the, the podcast and the Patreon, the link will be 
in the show notes of the podcast. You can join for £3 a month. You get to submit questions and get involved in our debates for our uh, draft 11s and for our uh, and for our top five lists. Uh, Pim asks, have there been any players you've known about before they went big? If so, who? And are there any players you thought would be world-class but aren't? Interesting. Um, so basically, this is a scouting question. So did, did you ever see like maybe a player in the United Academy or or whatever who, who you looked at and went, this guy is going to be amazing? Do you know what? Do you know who was the, the first, only because it came up on my, it came up on a TikTok question or something that I was on. And it made me think of, I actually thought it would be good. It was you probably you might, might remember him, but Nick Powell. Oh yeah. He played when he played in League Two, I think it who did he play? I can't uh, crew, for. crew Alexandra. Crew, crew, and they won the playoffs and stuff. He was gonna be immense. He looked so yeah. good. I remember his FIFA card was like the best bronze yeah. card ever or something. Yeah, but he went from like League Two playoff final, sat, already said he was signing for United in the summer, went straight up, just didn't he was gonna be like Deli Alley. Yeah. But just couldn't cut it. But I thought he was gonna be incredible. Yeah, that's so. That that's who you thought would that's be world class, yeah. Yeah. But, but weren't. Uh, I mean, that, I, I guess maybe Mangala at City is the obvious answer. His debut was unbelievable, and he shut down Diego Costa. And I thought he was going to be the man to partner company for the next five, seven, eight years, whatever. Uh, and the next game, he scored no goal, and that was the end of it. That'll probably be the main one, I uh, guess. A, a player, t- a player that I thought would be world class beforehand. I can't even think of anyone. So, so basically, they normally a get them scout. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I'd maybe uh... say. I mean, he's not world-class, but I guess the only one I can really think is when I saw Cole Palmer, I knew he was going to be Premier League quality the first like five minutes I saw him and now he's tearing it up at Chelsea. So I guess that might... No, actually, no, I tell a lie. Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne. I saw him at Chelsea. I thought he was amazing. And I was like, this guy is going to be brilliant. I only briefly, he only played a few games for Chelsea. The games I saw of him, he was fantastic, unbelievable. I was like, what a player Chelsea have got. See, when he got when he got sold to Wolfsburg, did you think I was wrong? Yeah, well, 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 on, well actually, it wasn't I mean, even I that. It was, board, to be fair. It, it was just because, like, I didn't, you know, follow Chelsea transfer news or whatever. It was just like one game. He, he, I just like, noticed he was like, oh, where's that De Bruyne go? De Bruyne gone. He looked quite good whenever I saw him. Oh, he's gone to Germany for like Werder Bremen or wherever it was. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. so it was, was Werder Bremen Wolfsburg, first, then Wolfsburg. Yeah. So, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay. Or Wolfsburg, or, 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 or oh, yeah. whichever one it was. Oh, I was yeah, like, okay. To, yeah. and, then, and then he became like Bundesliga player of the season. I was like, yeah, well, I, th- I thought he looked good every single time I saw yeah, exactly. him, to be oh, honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, that would I, be I, the I only one I can think of, really. If we're talking world class standards, that's the only one I can think of. It's very difficult. To be fair, I do. Do you actually know? It, it obviously, it's a bit controversial one because he's obviously uh, banned now. But Pogba, right? I was at with my brother the Youth Cup final when Lingard played and Pogba played. Pogba ran that show mm. and he was pinging balls left and right. And you thought this player is going to be a heck of a player, about nine foot bigger than everyone else. Yeah, and you know, and then obviously the whole situation. He got sold, and he was like, oh, and then he was amazing for Juventus. Mm. So that was probably been mine. That's good. That's I, like, fair, I like yeah. that. I like that. Um, Ed asks, what you, what, what's your most fond memory as a football fan? What comes to your mind when someone says football? Uh, family for me, uh, probably, because my family have been supporting City for decades and I go to the football with yeah. them. That's probably the think, answer for me. Yeah, I think I think just discussing it, like, you know, knowing, watching a game or something, seeing something good happen or a, a good decision and going talking about it, and, like basically what we're doing now, you know, debating it and just talking about, mm. you know, the games. Obviously, I miss winning games, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, apart from that, yeah. Yeah, good question from Ed. Uh, Oren yeah. asks, 
who's winning the NBA this year. Um, I my team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. The, that's who. Do you know who's winning the you know who's winning the NBA? The sport. The sport always wins. Only <laughs> <laughs> oh because I do not know who's good. You are um, such a sap. The one the bearded fellow plays for. The bearded fella. You mean LeBron James? No, 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 no. no, no not him. The other oh. one. The one that's got the long beard. What's his name? I don't know, mate. Uh, is it Harden? I know the Denver Nuggets are quite good. I think they won it last year, last season. Oh, Jokic, he's okay. Serbian or something. I, I don't know. I know things. The, the Lakers, go with them. There you go. Big up the T-Wolves. <laughs> uh, and Kat finally, Kante asks, how was Gasky's time in Scotland? This is the best question ever, he says. How was your time yeah. in Scotland? Oh, it's, it's a cracking question, that. It was amazing. If I, I Honestly, if anyone you know likes road trips, NC500 in Scotland is immense. Where was it you went to worth. specifically? It was very north. So it's just to the top. So, so you start in Inverness, which is the furthest like city. Mm. And then you go basically to the north, most northern point of uh, Great Britain. And mm. then kind of 500 miles around. Saw Highland cows. A lot of very sheep. Very cute. A lot of sheep, yeah. yeah best food. Just a lot of, yeah, very, oh, oh, oh don't. What was the food best meal you had? A, to- a cheese toaster. Weird, weird, but this honestly, there's a, there's a toasty van up there who that does the best toasties that I've ever had. Incredible. No, uh, e- excellent stuff. R- rate it out of 10? 11. Wow. That's bold. That's bold. That's bold. Mm. Uh, fantastic. So, and, did, and like, what was the best like activity that you did? Like, did you... Uh, uh, we, we saw seals. Cute. Yeah. Yes, we were on a boat ship to, find, to see some seals. Got very close to them. Lovely. And yeah, it was... It was great. Apparently you could see dolphins as well, but we didn't see any of them. No. I, I, that's cool, well, though. Well, yeah. see the seal seals. trip was very good. Yeah, that's sick. Didn't even know that was a thing. Great. So you saw seals, you saw the sights, and you ate some toasties. Yes, we did. And Did you have was, a beer battered... Perfect. A beer battered... Do you have a battered Mars bar? No, because we couldn't find them. Oh, but no. Wait, a weird, right, so we ha- had sausage and chips from a chippy up there, right? Right. And they, they fried the sausage. Batter it. No, but it isn't. But I didn't ask on the menu. There was sausage or jumbo sausage or battered sausage. Yeah, they were separate. But the sausage I got looked like I had batter on anyway. But it wasn't wrong. Oh. I asked the person. I saw I do it. I thought I didn't ask for that. He's like, yeah, this is sausage. It's like they put it in. I think they put it in the fryer, like they would chips. Oh. oh, it's very weird. Like it, I thought it was, it was nice. It tasted exactly like a sausage. But I thought this is weird. Yeah, because I've had bat- like battered sausage before. Yeah, battered. Yeah, it's all right. It yeah, yeah, exactly. It, was just, it wasn't like that. It's really no, just they popped it as if it's not good enough fat and fat in it. It's, it's like, like they put corn fryer on it. It's like they put corn fryer on it, put it in the deep fryer fryer and book out. Okay, yeah. it's weird. <laughs> it's very odd. Oh, uh, excellent. Uh, excellent stuff. Glad you had a trip. And Gasky's back now, chaps uh, and chapettes. He's back for uh, the foreseeable future. Um. That's the end of it, Gaska. That's the end of our Patreon is, questions. Again, thank you so much to our Patreon supporters for supporting and for submitting those questions. Thank you to our lovely listeners for uh, supporting, uh, just, just listening uh, to the podcast. We really hope you have uh, enjoyed it, uh, especially my rant on Manchester City, because I was quite angry, to be honest, not with the result, with the reaction from some people. Uh, but hopefully you feel more enriched after this. Do make sure to scroll <laughs> up and click follow so you always stay updated for whenever we release one of our podcasts. We release two podcasts a week. In fact, coming later this week is a draft challenge, a draft 11 versus between Gasky and I, where we take a look at Euros legends. Yeah. And just, just as a little, like a little um, sneak, there is a, a very, very big mistake in there. So look out for that. <laughs> look forward to that guys. 
without uh, without further ado, that's the exact opposite of what I'm trying to say. Until next time, guys, I have been Nobbins. I have been Gasky. And we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye.